to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and affect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host, Andrew Womack. Hello and welcome to our Wednesday's Truth and Liberty Live call-in show. I'm Andrew Womack. I'm the host today and I've got as a guest Audrey Mack. I'm so glad to be here, Andrew. I tell mm -hmm. you, Audrey is an awesome, awesome lady. You're speaking at our Women's Arise mm -hmm. conference this weekend along with Carrie Pickett and Elizabeth Muren. Yeah, with two mighty women. Yeah, it's gonna. There's gonna be sparks. I I've heard that Carrie said she wants to be like Audrey when oh. she grows up. Well, I want to be like her. Uh, <laughs> Audrey has ministered for us many times. You minister normally at our Healing Is Here conference. The healing, the women, the women arise. I think since 2017, that was my first one, and I've been doing it ever since. And so Healing Is Here, and then I, I get to not to start also teaching in the Bible College, which I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. Great students. So we're going to talk to Audrey more in just a moment, but she's at the Women Arise Conference. That starts on Thursday and mm -hmm. goes through Saturday, November 2nd through the 4th. I also want to mention that on November the 9th through the 11th, I'm going to uh, uh, Atlanta. It'll be at the Gas South Convention Center. And Greg Fritz is going to be ministering with me, and that's going to be a great time. It's been a while since I've been back in Atlanta, so I'd really like to encourage you to come. I'd also like to encourage you to check out our Truth and Liberty uh, website. We have a wealth of information on there. We have a daily news feed where we take news from all of these different sources and compile them into one place so that you don't have to spend all day looking around. You can go to that one place to get your news. We have uh, just a lot of resources. We kind of are a, a clearinghouse for all of these other places and we link to them. And it's just a great resource. So check it out at truthandliberty.net. Uh, and also we uh, do have expenses to our Truth and Liberty thing. We now have a broadcast, an hour and a half broadcast every day for an hour and a half, plus we hold conventions, plus we are sending out uh, voter guides. We, we sent out over a million and a half voter guides the last, last election cycle. This time we've sent them out again. I don't know the exact number, but we are doing things. And of course, all this takes money. And so what we ask is for people to become a member of Truth and Liberty by going to our website, truthandliberty.net slash donate. And there's a place that you can sign up for a minimum of $5 per month automatic withdrawal. And if you'll do that, uh, you'll be, uh, be a member and we send out a uh, email every Friday and talk about the good news. There's a lot of good things happening, but you don't usually hear it in the secular media. So on a Friday, we'll put out three or four of the positive stories that have happened during the week. And it's just a great place. So we encourage you to join with us, truthandliberty.net, and check that out. So, Audrey, you are a blessing. And I had the privilege of ordaining you mm -hmm. and your husband to the ministry. Do you remember what year that was? Oh, my goodness, is quite a while. I'm I don't... thinking 2017 or something. 
It had to be before because because it was in our old was, green room. Yeah, it was at the, the barn. barn. We were in the barn, and I believe it had to be 2000, probably in 13 or 14. Oh, really? That was... yeah, I think it's a little while. Yeah. So how did you connect with us? How did we meet? Oh man, that is a good story. I mean, I think it's it's after a prayer I've made. Um, I was really pursuing God as far as seeing signs and wonders and miracles in our ministry. I would see a lot of people filled with the Spirit or, uh, or saved, but not in the healing, not in the amount I wanted to see. I knew something was wrong, and I have enough sense to know that it wasn't God's fault. It was mm -hmm. somewhere here that, and long story short, I just prayed and I said, Lord, you're going to have to help me to guide me to that place. I want to contend for that. And in a series of events in a, in a little while, it's seems like everywhere I turned, I would hear, you know, I, I would hear you preach or see you on TV or meet somebody who graduate from Caris. And at the end of a series of events, I came to understand, okay, God, you're trying to tell me something here. So that person, she was a graduate of Caris. Uh, she, she had told me about you. And, and actually I was in Bolivia before and somebody had given me a CD of the book of Romans, which I really want to encourage everybody to listen to that series on Romans. It's powerful. And, and, I, and when I realized that God was trying to get a point across, then I got a hold of that CD and I listened to it nonstop while I was in Burma. And uh, something changed. I realized that the mentality, the, the lies that I wasn't even realizing, uh, very subtle lies that uh, obviously was stopping the power of God from flowing like it should have, uh, God moved out because of the truth of the grace of God. And without me even trying, I started to see, you know, signs and wonders and miracles. And from that time, I became a great fan of Andrew Womack. Well, I've, <laughs> I've seen some of the testimonies. I'm a partner and I get your newsletters and you've sent out a lot of testimonies. Uh, we are, yeah, we, we because power, testimonies are powerful. It means what God has done for them, God wants to do it again. And so we've, you know, we get testimony all of them. Even just yesterday I was in the, in the healing discipleship and I had quite a few people come just to testify of, you know, some people got healed and didn't, nobody even prayed for them. Just listening to the word, bam, Praise they got healed. So it's good. The word is powerful. So I can tell by your accent that you must have grown up in Texas. Is that right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Where are you from? The, the south of France, born and raised in the south of France. And that's where I met the Lord also. So. And you were telling me a little bit of that story. Would you mind sharing that? That's miraculous um, how you got born again. I don't get to share it a lot because it's, uh, I always like to preach or teach, but that, that is a powerful testimony that is really to the glory of God. Uh, a Were little you raised with any religious background? Zero. I mean, even I had, you know, of course in France, Catholicism is really strong. And um, I was the last one of five children. And um, I was given the option if I wanted to go the Catholic route. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. And uh, so I didn't really have any uh, knowledge about God whatsoever. And I you know, the interesting thing at the age of, I think it was five years old, I was in the kitchen with a neighbor. She asked me, she said, what do you want to do when you grow up? And out of my mouth, I said, I'm going to travel all over the world, but I'm not going to be a tourist. 
And I'm like, where did that come from? Well, long story short, and I thought I would then, uh, when I, I got out of my parents' house at the age of 17, I thought, well, I'm just gonna, you know, learn English really well, and then I'm gonna start traveling. So I went to the French Riviera, moved out of, went to the French Riviera, and I started to work in big hotels, and long story short, I ended up in, with the wrong crowds. You know, with um, with the mafia, with the nightclubs, with you know drug dealers, prostitute, and all of that. Uh, it is easy to imagine that I ended up in a big hole. And um, one day, that's when I decided to go for a walk, to kind of you know to think, what am I doing, you know? And walked for hours in those woods, and I got lost. And there, I panicked. Because my husband laughs at me because I have zero sense of direction. <laughs> I get lost you, in the mall. <laughs> they dropped you off a building, you'd have to stop mass directions to hit the ground. I, I, all the time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and God uses, you know, he's so amazing because he'll use the funniest thing. And here in the wood, got lost. It was, it was dark. It was like 8 o'clock at night. And I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? And out of nowhere, two dogs came and sat in front of me, just sat and looked at me. And funny, it was Andrew, he was a French poodle. And he was one of those dogs that just lead the sheep. Mm -hmm. I mean, what those two dogs did together in the woods, I don't know. <laughs> but they sat, and I, at that moment, I felt a peace. And so I, I like dogs, so I petted the dogs, and, and then I try to go in one direction, and the dogs go after me as to say, and look at me as to say, follow us. So finally, I, I yielded. I followed them, and they led me little by little, looked at me as to say, are you there? And, I, and when I saw light through the woods, and I kind of recognized where I was, those dogs disappeared in front of my eyes. Wow. I mean, like that. Wow. And I did not got understand. It got my attention. Got out of the woods, walked. There was a little, little, you know, country road. I walked, and there was on Sunday evening, which there is no way, no, no stores is ever open on Sunday. I, I last at that time. And there was a little country store open with the light on, got in, and a couple said, oh, if you're lost, just get in our car, we'll drop you off. I did, and they gave me a little paper. I remember yellow with red letter that said, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, forever, Amen. but in French, of course. Amen. And that got my attention. So long story short, I ended up getting a hold of a Bible and alone in my bedroom, and at the time I was you know, I, I was kind of, didn't have a, a place to stay, so I was staying in a friend of mine who was a prostitute, and while she was doing her rounds, I was alone in the house, kneeled by the bed, opened the Bible, and whew, the power of God fell. So God's power would fall even in a prostitute's house. I'm telling you, and he spoke to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. God yeah. is awesome, and, and my so, life has never been the same. So you went to Rama. You graduated from Rama. Yeah. Soon after that, God supernaturally connected me with a, a couple of missionaries that just was there. And soon after, I just heard God, you know, speak to me and says, leave for the United States. So I didn't know anybody in the United States, didn't know what to do, where I was going, but I said, okay. Sold everything, gave everything, packed two bags, and led for the United States. And I ended up in a Bible school, and uh, then went on a short-term mission trip and heard the call of God, called you to preach the gospel. So to when the was that? How long have you been preaching? That was in well. So I received the call that was in the spring of 1980. 
seven, and in November 28, 1987, I started in the ministry. Now, you were single at this time? Yeah, and was single for, you know, another 13 years. So, so now you're married to Fred, your husband. Yeah. He's an Fred awesome the Builder. Man. He's a great guy, but uh, how, long, when, how long have you been married to Fred? It's going gonna, it's gonna to be, tw it's 24 years. Oh, really? Yeah. We, you're older than you look. <laughs> I'm look. older than you. I look, but yeah. I feel good inside. <laughs> yeah, you look good. God's been good Thank to you. Thank you. So what's yes. your ministry like, and, and where is your heart? How much do you travel? Mm. I know you're a traveling minister. Yeah, I, well, um, like I was sharing with you at the beginning, I was really targeting because I had received a, a call to preach the gospel to the poor. So I was really going to the 1040 window. I was traveling alone, really, because nobody was coming with me. So I said, I'm going. And so I would go. into some dangerous places. Very I've dangerous Place. Mm -hmm. I would go into uh, the 1040 uh, window. If somebody doesn't know, it's an imaginary window. You know, uh, I think it's 40 degree above the equator, 10, you know, 10 and 40, where you have all of the nations that are uh, overtaken by Islam, atheism, and Buddhism, uh, Hinduism, and all the ism. Mm -hmm. And so I would go in underground places by myself and I would teach, I would preach, and I would do anything that... I would think that these Muslim countries wouldn't respect a woman. It well, you know, I told that to God one day. <laughs> I'm like, Lord, here I am, a single woman. Why are you calling me into all those nations where women I suppressed, compressed, oppressed, and put aside? I'm like, you should have, and he said, I always choose to call the foolish things of the world to come from the wise and the base and the weak things. And uh, he said, then I can flow, then I can, and people will know that it's not you, it's me. So I said, okay, just whatever you want to do. So. so what kind of response did you get? Uh, I one time I remember I was in India and I was doing, God had opened a, awesome door with Maurice Cirillo ministry. Only God could have done that. And here I was doing, a, it was like a minister's pastor's conference, and I'm a young woman, and there's all those pastors dressed in white. You know how it is in India. And they're all looking at me with arm crossed, looking like, what does this girl have got to? And, and, I, and I chose not to look at their face, you know, like it says in Jeremiah. And all of a sudden, the, the anointing, I mean, it was God. The anointing fell and demons started to manifest. People were getting free, stuff was happening. And the, I remember pastor and pastors that came to me. And I, I was humbled because it took humility on their part. They came to me and said, please forgive us. When we saw you, we thought, what does this girl have to offer? But then we saw what God did. And uh, so I was like, okay, praise God, you know. So there's been some time where I had to not been easy, where I've had, I've had a few cries with the Holy Spirit. Uh, there's been time where I felt, you know, but, but you know, through those times, it's been times where I had to learn to depend on the Holy Spirit, to listen to Him, to follow Him, and to allow Him to be, you know, to allow Jesus to be my friend. And I, I don't think I would want to go back, <laughs> you know, it's like you in Vietnam, yeah. but yet it was, the, for me, it was the school, my best school of ministry. Yeah. 
So you traveled a lot, but mm. now you, you're still traveling, but aren't you kind of focusing on uh, France? You mm -hmm. want to get more? Yeah, it, it's amazing. Uh, in 2000, uh, in 1987, uh, we were getting ready to go to, to USSR to go, you know, there. And um, my pastor, I that went to heaven now, but he gave me a word and he says, God is calling you back to your people. And I'm like, Are you, is he telling me to go back to France? No, so I didn't understand, put it on the shelf. And 20 years later, it was, I believe it was the fall of 2007. I was in Switzerland preaching in French for the first time. And God says, I'm called, this is what I spoke to you 20 years ago. I'm calling you back to the French speaking nations of the world. So since then, really my focus. I have really tried to focus to stay on track where I, all of my overseas travel, I would say 90% of it is to the French speaking nations. And that comprises about 39 nations, I believe, you know, all Europe, Quebec, Haiti, Africa, the islands. Um, but it's mostly, you know, legalism, atheism, Islam. Mm -hmm. And so there is work to do, but man, I've got my, my work cut out for me. So you've got a website, and I know I talked to you earlier this week about your wanting to produce uh, television programs mm -hmm. and start going on. Now, you already have some. Yep. You? We are on a um, French, it's a Christian French TV station. Um, it's called EMCI TV. You are on it also, mm -hmm. and you speak French on there. Yeah, isn't that awesome? <laughs> it is I awesome. Can't speak English. <laughs> and I can I tell you, Andrew, when I go to different places, whether it's Africa or, or France, and many people are telling me, you know, we've been listening to Andrew Womack. And people are really starting to know you all over. Your message is impacting the French-speaking world. So if somebody wanted to help you, uh, you've got a website. Tell them how to Yes. Um, well, it's gotellministry.org. They can go there. We have a YouTube channel where we produce a lot of content. And, um, and you know, they can avail to it. We are on, you know, social media, of course, like you are, Andrew. You might not know it, but. Well, I'm not, but my staff is yes. on. I, I can barely work. Yeah, I don't go personally. I have, thank God, I have somebody that handles all of that. You know, I, I like you, I've, I, I don't like to go on it, but. Well, give us a perspective. You were raised in France. You mm -hmm. were raised in socialism, and here you are living in the United States now in Florida. What do you think about what's happening in the U.S.? Do you mm. see any comparisons between the way that France has gone and? Yes, actually, it's been quite a few years before anybody already was starting to, you know, talk about, you know, the danger of socialism. I was starting to see the sign. I think I even, it's on Truth and Liberty, I have an article that I wrote about, um, you know, uh, socialism. It is, is it spiritual or is it political? Because mm -hmm. I was really trying to sound the alarm and uh, to bring people's, attention that socialism, it's, it's not just a political issue. It is a spiritual issue that is seeking to take God out of a nation. That's why France, I grew up, I didn't always grow up in, you know, at the beginning, it was not so socialist, but I saw socialism come in and I saw what it was doing. And really what socialism is, I like to compare it to a Trojan horse. 
I mean, for those of the people that don't know what a Trojan horse is, you know, it was, I think, in the 1100 BC, there was the Greeks. They had, for 10 years, they, were, they had a siege uh, around the city of Troy, and they were trying to fight it and con conquer it, and they couldn't. Finally, somebody had an idea to be, build a big horse, and inside the horse, they put the elite 30 men that were their best warriors. And uh, then the Greek just pretended to leave. They just left, and they left a guy behind. And then the, the, the people in Troy, they just, you know, saw that horse that was left there. And the guy that was left behind pretended to have been abandoned, says, oh, that was an offering to the God for a safe journey. They left, you know. So the people of the city opened their door, got the, the, the horse, you know, inside. And then at night, the warriors that were inside the horse got out. They sent a signal to the the, the others that were uh, on the, the ocean. They came back, and that that's when the city of Troy was completely defeated. And they found, I mean, archaeological um, finding that the city of Troy was burned to the ground. I think it's around 11 hmm. BC, 1100 BC you know, before Christ. And uh, I'm saying all of that to say that socialism is like a Trojan horse. It disguises itself with, as a gift, like welfare, like yeah, health care. We're going to take yeah. care of everybody. Even, you know what I found, public transportation, and people don't, don't realize that because it looks like, oh, it's to help people. It's good. You know, it's, it's helping the poor. It's helping the people. But really, that is the reason why some political party do not want to be energy independent. Mm -hmm. I know it's interesting to me. I mean, I remember when President Trump, he made America independent. Yeah. We had a reserve of, of, of oil. We, were, we had the pipeline. You know, we were in the best state. But then as soon as another, you know, political party came in government, that's what they did. They gave the, the gas, the, the oil. They cut the pipeline. Why did they want America not to be energy independent? Because it forces the, the gas goes up. People cannot afford to have you know, a car, so they they don't have a car anymore. They use public transportation, but what they don't realize is that down the road, the, the the government can have control over the. Like, I was in France just a week or so ago, and there was major, you know, a major crisis where all the the there was strikes and all the what you call it, the public transportation was shut down. People couldn't go to work. People couldn't do anything. They were so under the control of the government. So it is one way. And you know what I noticed? It is amazing because I remember one time I had gone to Paris when I was young. I thought I was going to go to Paris and start a, you know, something new. And, and I had to use public transportation. At the end of the day, I was so tired, so worn out. Because you, you lose your joy, you lose your tired. You, it takes the fight. It takes the resistance out of you. Whatever they tell you to do, you're going to do it. You don't yeah. want to fight because you're so tired. Our founding fathers of this nation knew that because they had come out of that kind of mm -hmm. stuff where you were dependent upon the government they controlled. And they even said that a government that is big enough 
to give you everything is also big yeah. enough to take everything, everything away. And yet it appeals to insecure people who mm -hmm. don't feel like God is going to take care of them or that they can take care of themselves. Exactly. It's appealing to say, well, we're going to provide you with free health care, mm -hmm. free transportation, all of this. But they make you dependent upon them. Exactly. And, and the Democrats are masters at making mm -hmm. people dependent upon government. That is exactly, that's, ex that's the point. That's exactly, and, and you know, when people vote, and I know we're coming close to some election, I get so passionate about that because people vote and they don't vote, you know, with the fear of God, which the fear of God, you need to vote righteously. Mm -hmm. They will vote for what, you know, the gift, the convenience, what they're gonna do for us. And they don't realize that, like I said, it's a Trojan horse. It, it, it looks good. It looks like they're going to help you. It looks like they're going to give you everything, but it's, it's, they come and they will defeat you. They will conquer you and they will get you to defile your own conscience. Mm -hmm. And, and, and you don't even realize it. Well, you know, Lenin that started the socialism over in the USSR, he says you need some people that are committed to that ideology, but then you need a lot of useful idiots who mm -hmm. will just follow along. And sad to say, that's what a lot of people are. There's some people that know exactly what you're saying, but then they influence others with these mm -hmm. Trojan horses, these gifts and stuff, and these people just fall in line and vote yeah. for it. And But you know one thing that kind of gets my goat going is in the churches. Pastor, you know, I believe that we are all called to a priest, to be priests and kings. We all called to a priestly du duty, which is to really bring salvation. But we also have a kingly, you know, duty, which is to bring justice. And at the time in the Old Testament, the, the kings, they were the one judging, like Solomon. He would bring justice, he would judge, and to judge doesn't mean condemn. It means to examine, to see what is true, what is good. Pastors to do today, they have laid down their kingly duty. Yeah. They will refuse to judge what is being done, and they refuse to speak out about it. And I think that's really not a good thing because no. people, they need to be informed. You know, people in the church oftentimes, they don't, they don't know. I remember one time um, we were in a, we belonged to a, a pretty big church and there was a lady, she had, she parked all the time in the front and she had a sticker from a president whom I knew, you know, and she voted for him because of his color. And uh, she had that sticker right there. You just identified who that was. And that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's what really happened a lot of time. And, and my husband, you know, Fred is very passionate about, he's very involved in politics, very passionate about it. He'll speak, he'll try to get people to register, register to vote. He'll talk about the issue. So I really appreciate that about him. And every time, you know, he would walk by this lady. That time I had just got back from a mission trip and he looks at they said, you know, sister? And he was sweet about it. He said, you know, sister, we got a new president. I've got a sticker for you. And she's like, no, I don't want, no. So then that one time he goes again with a little joke, you know, sister, we got a new, and she's like, no. And I was there with him and I said, and I, so I'm thinking, Surely she doesn't know the truth because if she knew the truth, then she would say, oh, how can I vote for, you know, how can I put my vote and cast my vote? So I explained to her that when I was in Africa one time, I was staying, I was staying in the house of people that worked in the American embassy. 
And I said, and those people were there when this president got voted in and entered into the Oval Office. And the, within the hour, the first thing he did is he sent faxes and messages throughout all the American embassy to start aggressive campaign for abortion and for, you know, for uh, mm -hmm. the LGBTQ and every letter. And I explained that to her, I'm thinking, surely she didn't know. She looked at me first shocked, thinking, really? And then all of a sudden she turned, she said, I don't care. Even if he was to come again, I would vote for him. And there I came to realize that there are those in the church that will, you know, vote for unrighteousness because of ignorance, but there are still those that will vote unrighteously because they just want yeah. to and don't tell them what to do. You know, Billy Sunday, who was a great evangelist, he says, it is sin for you to pray on Sunday, God, thy will be, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, and then on Tuesday go vote for things that are completely contrary to it. And it is hypocritical. Mm -hmm. We're going to take a break here and we're going to come back and take your calls. The number is 719-619-2341. And you're welcome to ask uh, Audrey any questions. Uh, again, she's got a perspective that many of us don't have having lived under socialism. Mm -hmm. Of course, just about all of us in America can say we've lived under socialism. This now. is what's happening now. <laughs> the Trojan horse has entered. <laughs> but anyway, you can talk to her about that, or she is a powerful minister of the Word, and I've seen her minister many times, and I just recommend her. So anyway, you can ask your question, a biblical question, or anything about our society today. The number is 719-619-2341, and we're going to take a 90-second break, and then we'll be right back to take your calls. With practical government, you have experts in the fields that are sharing their perspective, wisdom, and experience. It's not available anywhere else in the world. We're going to teach a Christian heritage of our American government. They're going to learn about the Founding Fathers. We're teaching the Constitution, how government operates, practical skills, and field study. No matter where you're coming from, the world needs you. Whatever God's calling you to do, you're able to do it. To learn more, visit practicalgovernmentschool.com. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. Hi, my name is Carrie Pickett, and like many of you, I wear lots of hats. But most of all, I'm a child of God. Ever since I was young, my desire has been to share the unconditional love of God. There is nothing more rewarding to me than people changing their lives and then changing the world. That's why I'm inviting you to join me wherever you are, and let's discover together these foundational truths that will transform your life. All right, we're back. I'm here with Audrey Mack. And for those of you that have never heard her speak, you can go to our website and she's spoken at our conferences. I know the Healing is Here conferences, I think since 2017. Yep. And then she's also spoken, uh, I don't know, you've spoken at more than just the Healing is Here. Yeah, I think I did the Healing is Here, the Women Arise. I think I did a minister's conference one year. 
And uh, so anyway, she's yeah. archived. You can go mm -hmm. to our website and I think type in her name and probably get it. And if they want to go to your website, you have a lot of your teaching. There. Yeah, go tellministry.org. But I really want to encourage people even to go to our YouTube page. Uh, Audrey Mack, they can go Audrey Mack, go tell, and they'll be right on the YouTube page and subscribe. And every week we've got new stuff coming out. And I tell you, she's exciting when she ministers. You know, I'm a little bland. I'm just I'm the I same way it. all the time. But man, I've seen her stand up on the part of the pulpit where you put your Bible and preach from up there. I've seen her fall off the stage and hope that somebody just trying to make a point. <laughs> she just does whatever it takes. And anyway, you would really love her. Ministry. Thank you so, so much. You're so so we still have a couple of lines open: seven one nine six one nine two three four one. Let's go to Mitchell calling in from Tennessee. You're on Truth and Liberty Live with Audrey. And Andrew. Hello, Mitchell. And Andrew, how are y'all doing today? We are blessed. I'm blessed too. No complaints at all. No, sir. No, ma'am. Amen. And of course, I told you, you know the situation I told you. I don't talk to the guy anymore. I stay away from him on a chat line. My question to you, Audrey. Yes, Mitchell. When I when I say yes, ma'am. When I say answer ask this question, I'm not and, and I'm being very honest. I'm not joking about this. There's a guy that goes on the chat line. He's narcissistic, got a lot of issues going on, says he wants to cause problems in certain people's lives. But every time he gets in an argument with people on the chat line, I wanted to ask you something. He's always saying, this comes out of his own mouth. He says, it wouldn't matter if they put, he, he said, it wouldn't, he said, it wouldn't, it doesn't matter. It wouldn't matter if Jesus was in the room. He still can't win with me trying to put Jesus up against, you know, trying to play with God like that. My question to you is, Audrey, on a serious note, and I'm not being funny, I'm being serious. People like that that do that, he sits on there and eats all night, goes berserk on people. People that go around and play with God like that, you know, do things that are demeaning and evil, does God stop? Like, he'll sit around and tell you he's got Jeeps and cars and trucks and he's bragging. Then the next minute he's mm -hmm. tearing someone down. My question to you, Audrey, uh, is is people, do people like that, do they, does 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 God put a stop to their blessings and is, is that, are they doing this stuff because they're, is it because it's a demon? Is it because they're fighting demons in their own life? Well, they, I would say obviously is open the door, you know, through, um, you know, through a, a, some, a lot of wrong thinking. And um, I believe he's yielding to the devil a whole lot. Now, I saw the question, God punish consistently people like that? Well, I would say God, is not punishing the guy, but he gets probably the consequences of his own choices and action. And, but there will be a day where, you know, God is gonna set all accounts. And uh, I don't think it's gonna be a good day, but. Um, <laughs> it's not gonna be. And at, but right now, it still has a chance. He still has a chance, I believe, to turn, to change his, his action. And I think for us, I think the right approach for us is, you know, is just to pray for that guy to have eyes open for the Holy Spirit to touch his heart. There is still time for him to change, to turn, to see the truth. Now, I'm going to let you, Andrew, what, what, whatever, I don't know. I think, think that the reason that this question is kind of hard to answer is because in the New Covenant, you see grace extended towards mm -hmm. people that you don't see in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, God just turned you into a pile of ashes. Mm -hmm. But in the New Testament, he extends grace. There's scriptures like in Romans 
that says it's the goodness of God that leads man to repentance. We have Paul as an example of a person who was actually killing Christians, and yet mm -hmm. God saved him. And so you see this grace, and some people take this to such an extreme to say that God will never vent His wrath on anybody in this life, that there is coming a day, the day of judgment, mm -hmm. that they will be judged if they didn't accept the Lord. And I think that that's incorrect. I do believe that God's grace is mm -hmm. manifest in a way that it wasn't under the old covenant. But you have Herod, and I think it's the mm -hmm. uh, 12th chapter of the book of Acts, and Herod actually accepted worship from these people. They said, you are a God, and he's the one that killed uh, John, the brother mm -hmm. of James. He's the one that killed... Uh, well, you mean James, the brother of John? Yeah, I yeah. guess that's what I meant. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> and then he also killed, who else was it? John the Baptist? Was this the same one that killed uh, John? It's a different Herod. But anyway, mm -hmm. this guy was a bad dude. Yeah. And when he started accepting worship as being a God, mm -hmm. it says that the angel of the Lord smote him and he was eaten of worms. And I've literally read an account from Josephus, a first century historian who was there, and he said that, I mean, these worms came through his garment. He was wearing a garment that was made out of silk and had silver wo woven mm -hmm. in it. And these worms literally came out and he was struck, it says in Acts chapter 12, by an angel of mm -hmm. God. And that was judgment. And then you can see the same thing in the 13th chapter that there was this woman that followed Paul and said, these are the great man of God. And she was mocking them. And Paul put up with it for a long time, but eventually he turned around and he let, uh, excuse me, that was Simon, the uh, sorcerer. And he had this uh, mist and darkness descend over him so that he couldn't even see and he had to have somebody lead him by the hand. So there's examples mm -hmm. of God's wrath falling on people in the new covenant. And I do believe that it's not like the old covenant God is long suffering, but he's not forever mm -hmm. suffering. And Mitchell, I do believe that there are some people that come under God's judgment, but it's, it's hard for us to tell. God is long suffering much more so than I am, but I do believe that there are some people that once they cross a line, he mm -hmm. doesn't have to guarantee everybody 10,000 opportunities to reject him. Mm -hmm. And if a person crosses that line, which only God knows, I do believe that there are some people that are struck by God. I believe mm -hmm. that Hitler came yeah. under the judgment of God. I believe that a lot of people have come under the judgment of God. But it's rare compared to the Old Testament. But it can happen, and I, it does happen. But I don't think that we ought to be wishing that on people. We ought to pray yeah, for their I, salvation. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, That's Mitchell, I hope that helps you. I don't know exactly what to tell you about this guy. I would pray for him to receive salvation. But at the same time, I would be fearful that if he continues to shake his fist in the face of God, that one of these days God's like I remember that. one time um, on my YouTube channel, I had a, a message there, and, and now I've kind of don't even let the comment on, but the time the comments went on, and there's that guy, obviously was an atheist, and he came on my comment box starting to really shoot me down, mock me, say anything evil thing about God. And, I, and usually I would ignore it, but I saw that and I went. So I went and I replied to him and I said, you know, thank you so much for revealing, 
you know, your need of God to me. I'm going to pray angels on assignment for, over you, and I'm going to pray. I said, it is sad that that's the only thing you have to do with your time, but by this, you've revealed to me that I can pray for you, and, and the God removed his comment immediately, <laughs> you know. But I believe that whatever I said, you struck something in his heart. So if, I believe If him can, criticizing you is going to make you pray for him, he's going to quit criticizing. That's, that's it. <laughs> All right, so let's go to Lewis uh, calling in from California. Lewis, you're on uh, Truth and Liberty Live with Audrey and Andrew. All right, can you hear me? Okay. Yes, sir. Okay, um, first of all, I guess this has been a day of revelations for me. Today at 1130, Andrew, I listened to your show, and you talked about healing and accepting healing and be, and, and be receptive because this is, a, you know, this is a promise of God. And then uh, I tuned into the website, to see this show, but I, I went into another show where actually um, uh, Audrey was speaking, and she talked about uh, healing again. And right now, I'm, I'm really under a lot of, I, I feel a lot of satanic attacks. I've been, I'm suffering from a high level of pain in, in multiple parts of my body, my back, my ankles, my hips, uh, my knees, and Western science can't help me. I cannot take any medication. So, uh, Audrey, this question is actually for you, but I want to thank Andrew because you started this. And uh, and this is the third hour I'm following you guys. So, um, my question to you is, you talked in your, uh, briefly earlier about um, the healing process and accepting it and, uh, and, and get all the demonic forces, fight against forces, and that the healing is here. Can you re reiterate some of that language? Because I found it better than any type of pill I can take. It was just the pill I needed today just to keep on going and not give up. Sounds like God's ministering to you on healing, Lewis. Awesome. Amen. So the healing message that you heard, was it the one I did today on live stream at the healing now? Or is it a, a prior show that you listened to? This is the one you did and you left to get to Andrew's show on time. Okay, so that's the one today. Well, the point today, what I was talking about, the process is to start to draw a line in the sand because the spirit, the devil, I was talking about how God gave us authority, like he gave man authority in the beginning in the Garden of Eden. Uh, uh, I think it's Genesis 2.15 says he, he gave them dominion so they could keep, protect the garden. And so they have dominion over the, the, the enemy. And we know that Adam lost that authority, not because the devil took it by force, but because Adam listened and accepted the lie of the enemy. And by doing so, he yielded his authority. Because the Bible says in Luke 4 that, you know, when Jesus was tempted, it said that, you know, Satan said, if you worship me, I will give you this kingdom and the glory for they have been delivered unto me. So we see there that the, the, the sickness and the work of the devil, it's, it doesn't come in to our lives by force, but because because we yield our God-given authority to them, we open a door, and so many people are just passive. They think that sickness is part of life, 
part of, you know, age, part of a natural process, part of the four season. You, you, you know what I'm talking about. And so I was talking today about the first step towards that healing process is to draw a line in the sand and stand up on the inside, understanding, wait a second, Sickness is never, never, never okay. And to develop an intolerance, uh, anger, a resistance again against that sickness like we ought to do against sin and temptation. Because the devil works the same way with sickness like he do with sin. That's called symptoms. Symptoms, it's a form of temptation to get you to yield, to accept. And by doing so, you yield your authority and you allow sickness to get into your body. So I was saying the first step into that healing process is to get angry on the inside, drawing a line in the sand and said, Satan, sickness, enough is enough. You know, and that's the start of that healing journey. And of course, you know, I believe that listening to the Word of God, if you find yourself weak and in pain, sometimes it's a little harder, you know, to fight the good fight of faith. So my encouragement to you would be to continually you know, listen to teaching on healing. Andrew has hundreds, thousands of messages on healing. Let the Word of God do its work. Work, get into your Word because it's a living seed that will go into your work, start working his way out and start healing your body. I cannot tell you the number of people. I have on YouTube a whole series on, on overcoming faith, on divine healing, and the number of testimony of people that were on deathbed and listen to those teaching in loop on the hospital bed. After a few days of that, they pulled the stuff out of their body and stood up and walked in the hallway of the hospital. The nursing following, you know, running after saying, how can you do that, you know? And so the word is powerful. So if you find yourself with pain, just let the word, let the word listen to the, those messages on faith, on healing. I mean, Andrew has so much about that, you know. Yeah, so Lewis, we have, a, she has a lot of material and you can go to gotellministries.org and you can get hers. I've got probably over a hundred hours of teaching on uh, healing. We have one thing called, we call Healing University that mm -hmm. has, I think, 60 or 70 hours worth of teaching of multiple people. It's not just me and we have videos of over 40 people, some that have been raised from the dead, and we have a lot of things. And I guarantee you, the scripture says God sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from all their destructions out of Psalms 107.20. The Word of God will heal you. Mm -hmm. Proverbs mm -hmm. chapter 4, the Word is health unto all of your flesh. So, Lewis, God is speaking to you, and I believe that healing is coming. Let, let Audrey and me just real quickly pray for you. And uh, we aren't going to go into a lot of detail. We've got a lot of other callers. But Father, in the name of Jesus, Audrey and I just agree for Lewis and all of these people listening. We pray for Lewis right now. And Father, I believe that you are touching his body. We believe that you've drawn him to these messages today. And that, Father, you are dealing with him. So right now, we command that pain to leave. And whatever is causing this pain, if it's demonic, if there's something that's just natural or physical, Father, we loose your supernatural power and authority and we command pain to leave Lewis's body and the source of that pain, whatever it is, 
to be gone. And Father, we release this resurrection life and believe that from this moment on, His body is recovering quickly. And we receive that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. There's no distance in the airwave. Amen. People get healed. So, Lewis, I believe you're healed. And, you know, it can happen instantaneously or it's as the Scripture says, you lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It may be instant or it could just start right now, but from this moment on, you're going to start seeing the healing power of God flow in your body. Awesome. Amen. All right, let's go to Frank in Missouri. You're calling in and you're on Truth and Liberty live call-in program with Audrey and Andrew. I appreciate it. I, I really want to say that I admire... Andrew Womack for, and he's really yeah. helped me over the last 20 years uh, to formulate a, a testimony of, that's like his, but no way to be able to compare, you know. Compare well, that's awesome. Glad it's been and, a blessing. Uh, yeah, so thank you, sir. And I, I'd like to ask Audrea uh, if she's ever been uh, in a uh, uh, Burkina Faso or Lomi Togo or any of those French speaking uh, countries uh, in Africa back in the bush. Have you ever been in the bush preaching and have had to have more than one interpreter? So, to answer the first question, I have not been in Burkina Faso yet, but that is in the making. But next year, I'm going to Togo, where actually it's exciting because all representatives from all the French-speaking nations of Africa will be there. So, I really believe that through this, there's going to be more opening. So, yeah, um, my heart and my desire is to, to reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ and to bring, you know, the teaching of the word to all the French-speaking nations in Africa and, and in the world. So um, as far as going in the bush, I have not been in the bush in Africa, but I've been in the bush in India and, um, and in, I think, all the places like Burma and Vietnam and places like that. So. You know, I went to a place in Uganda where the women didn't wear clothes. That was a little interesting. And then we had to have uh, three interpreters. So I would speak in English, they would interpret in Lugandan, and then another one would interpret, and then another one. So there was three interpreters, interpreters. and that was that. That is very tough. Even working with an interpreter, you, not all interpreters are created equal. That's true. You know, you can have an interpreter. It happened to me to have an interpreter that was preaching, you know, contrary to what oh, yeah. I was teaching. I've had that happen to me. But I could sense it. And I was like, I could tell something was not flowing. And, and uh, I asked about it and I quickly replaced him. When I was in India, man, I was given an invitation and nobody would come forward for anything. And I couldn't understand it. And after two services, a guy came up and he says, he doesn't believe what you're saying. And so every time you ask people to come forward or you call out a word of knowledge or healing, he just changes it and says whatever he wants to. And so wow. nobody That's was not responding. Good. It was yeah. not good. Yeah. It was a little disappointing. But Anyway, praise God. I did a, a live stream today to Indonesia and went through an interpreter. And he was excellent because the guy that was in Indonesia, Erwin, who runs our ministry there, he started speaking in English and then it was translated into Indonesian. 
But Irwin got excited and started speaking in their language, and the guy translated it into English, and Irwin was just all over the place, and he kept up with it. I tell you, I've been in, in Indonesia, in a little island of Medan, in Indonesian, and I just saw the number. I mean, it's so, so heavily Muslim, mm -hmm. but just the, the, the young people, the hunger in the young people. And I remember one time I was, it was like an auditorium and I asked, made an invitation for those who wanted to receive the baptism. I mean, they were literally running. Yeah. Hundreds were like running to the for the hunger. Um, they are under such oppression, but they have such a, a pure hunger and a heart for God that is Amazing. I was only there one time in 2017, and we had 2,500 people show up, and I bet mm. you half of those received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Wow. It was, they were hungry. That's what people need. They need the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't know how you can live under those kind of, you know, system of, you know, oppression without having the power of yeah. the Holy Spirit. Awesome. Well, we've got a couple of lines open at 719-619-2341. Let's go to Denise. She's calling from Colorado, and you are a subscriber to Truth and Liberty and also a contributor. So thank you, Denise. And if anybody else is watching and if you want to become a partner with us, you can go to truthandliberty.net and become a monthly partner by having an automatic $5 or more withdrawal per month. So thank you, Denise. You're on Truth and Liberty with Audrey and Andrew. Uh, good afternoon, Andrew and Audrey. Audrey, I have to say, I love your teaching on healing. I subscribe to your YouTube channel, and I love the gospel. Every time you have the gospel, uh, I think it's every week or every other week, I get a notice, and I listen to that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's every week. <laughs> yeah. My question today is, if you start to see healing manifest, and you, we believe that we are healed, but then you don't see it go any further. Why? What do you think the cause of that is? Oh, um, well, there is actually, I, I believe that it's, it's not an easy, you know, that's not one size fits all that, you know, there's so many things going on in people's heart, in your heart. Uh, but I know oftentimes there are, I have a whole teaching that is called the virus of unbelief. And I found that there's like four types of unbelief that is oftentimes stopping people uh, when they have faith, that is stopping people from really seeing the full manifestation. For, for example, Peter had faith, he walked on the water, but all of a sudden there is the, you know, the fear that came in, what he saw, what he felt came in, and his faith stopped working. So that can be one reason. That could be, you know, uh, maybe something in, that you believe that is kind of stopping the manifestation, you know. So that is the reason why I always tell that it's so important to have communion with God, the Holy Spirit. You know, I always tell people, Jesus, in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, it says that Jesus gave us the victory. So we know we're not fighting to get the victory. 
we are fighting from a place of victory, knowing that healing is ours. But there is also another verse in 2 Corinthians 2.14 that says, thanks be to God who leads us into triumph. And the one who leads us, who has been sent to lead us, is the Holy Spirit. So one of the role of the Holy Spirit is to help us, to get us to that path of victory. You know, sometimes there are things we don't see, things we don't know, things we're not aware of. So if we walked in the Word, I always know the Holy Spirit is number one landing pad is the Word of God. He wrote it, he inspired it, he, you know, and the Word is Jesus, the living Word. So He will use the Word to guide you, lead you, but He also will talk to you, maybe correct you, warn you, help you, and to, to see whatever blind spot you have that is hindering your healing. And so that's what I would say, and I'm sure Andrew probably has a whole lot well, more to say. I agree with you 100% that it's so complicated that there's not one answer for everybody, but I would start here saying that it's never God who stops the healing. Mm -hmm. He wants you well, He wants you well Amen. now. And if you aren't seeing the healing progress, it's multiple things, as Audrey said, but it's not God. So that's mm -hmm. the place you have to start, and you have to just keep expressing your faith. So. We've got people standing by at our phone center. Now, you can call this number where you call Denise, but we also have our helpline open uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 719-635-1111. And there's people there that will pray with you, and they could send you and give you some of our materials specifically dealing with the situation you're talking about. So I encourage you to check that out at 719-635-1111. So we're just about up against another break. Let's take our break just a little bit early, and we've got a couple of lines still open on the other side when we come back. The number is 719-619-2341, and we would be glad to talk to you and pray with you and help you any way that we can. So remember, 719-619-2341. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back in 90 seconds. Andrew has many conferences and seminars around the globe each year. For the latest information on Andrew's complete speaking schedule, visit our website at awmi.net slash events. You were created with a purpose, written in the heart of God. Long before you were born, he is calling you to find it. We want to help you experience His unconditional love to be equipped and empowered to become a world changer. Hey, you know, a big part of what we do here at Truth and Liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So I want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net slash resources, where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today. 
All right, we're back from our break. I'm Andrew Womack, got Audrey Mack here with us. You know, during the break, we were talking about some of these questions. We could just preach on the answer for an hour or two, but this is the reason that we have put out materials. Audrey has a lot of teaching on her website, gotellministries.org, and you can go to Andrew Womack, awmi.net, and we have over 200,000 hours of free teaching on our website. And I would say that there must be, uh, man, 10,000 10, hours of teaching mm -hmm. on healing. And uh, this is the reason I started putting out product is so that I just can't tell you everything I know mm -hmm. in a very short period of time. So please take advantage of these other resources. That'd be a blessing. Yeah. So let's go to Donna calling in from New Mexico. Donna, you're on Truth and Liberty Live. Call in with Andrew and Audrey Mack. Hello. Yes. Hello. I just wanted to... Hello? Yes, ma'am. Hello. I just wanted to say thank you, um, Andrew Womack. I'm a longtime listener. We have your materials. Um, just we're, we're connected. And also, Audrey, Miss Audrey, thank you for doing everything that you're doing. My question is, how do we encourage Christians to invest in creating more Christian schools? Do you know, that's a great question. And I just read yesterday one of the uh, American Minutes from uh, Bill Federer, who's going to be my guest next week on uh, Truth and Liberty. But uh, I read that the Founding Fathers uh, quoted Martin Luther, and Martin Luther back in the 1500s said that one of the ways that Satan is going to destroy the work of God is in education, and he said, do not send your children to a public non-Christian school. That was in the 1500s. And I can guarantee you, I'm just about that close to saying 100% of the time that you should not let your children go to a, a secular school, mm -hmm. that we've got to start putting out Christian education. And I know that this offends a lot of Christians, and there's people that'll say, but there's Christians in the education. Well, uh, Tim Barton was on my Truth and Liberty program, mm -hmm. And he had a similar question asked. And he said, well, that's like saying, but there was a great ban on the Titanic. Oh. <laughs> and even though there may sinking. have been a great ban on the, yeah, it's, it's going down. You got to get off mm -hmm. that thing. And yes, there's Christians involved in there. And I would tell Christians who feel called into education to make the biggest impact that you possibly can. Mm -hmm. But as a whole, our uh, education system is demonic. Yeah. They are actually now... Uh, putting this pornographic material in their drag shows. They're indoctrinating them. Mm -hmm. yeah, Audrey talked about this earlier, but socialism is being oh. crammed down the throat. Christians have a responsibility to raise our children in yeah. the nurture and the admonition. And that's what Hitler did. He, he, he mm -hmm. brainwashed, if, if he could get the young, you know, the young people, then he had a whole army of young people following him. And that has always been the strategy, you know, of every dictator. They get a hold of education. They get a hold of the media. They get a hold of that. And if you got the, and I, I can see that more and more people now, I even started to homeschool. Yep. And there are some really good Christian program, good way to be able to homeschool your kids mm -hmm. while still offering, you know, social events where, you know, but I've noticed as I travel everywhere, I've noticed that some of the most mature kids 
contrary to what some people believe, are some kids that have been homeschooled. Absolutely. They do not like in social skills. Did you know Carrie Pickett was homeschooled? And here, look what she, how she turned God out. God is using her in a powerful, powerful way. I'm telling way. you, she's a powerful, and I tell you what, she's got some awesome social skills. That is for sure. Homeschooling has tripled mm -hmm. since the COVID, and p parents begin to find out some of the stuff. And you know, in doing. Europe, in a lot of places in Europe, especially in Scandinavia, it's against the law. And they are trying to fight homeschooling in, in some places where it's not outlawed yet. It's not against the law. They are trying to make it outlaw because socialism, the thing is they, they think and believe that the children belong to the state. So therefore, they're going to try to get a hold. You know, you don't have a right to your children. Therefore, they don't want you to educate the children. They want the state to do it. Because they that's can the reason brainwash that, the, they, the brain. That's the reason that some of these schools are literally saying that the parents have no right to mm -hmm. intervene and determine what's being taught their own children. They believe that those children yeah. belong to the state. That's and right. here again, how you vote that's right. can determine. I am so proud of our governor. I mean, one thing he did in the state of Florida is he made a bill to forbid all material into the school and had those materials yeah. removed. Anything that had to do with sex education, transgenderism, that whole homosexual agenda. And even told, the, he deputized the parents, says, if you find any of those books in those schools where your children are, you, you can report them that's and awesome. we'll get them out. And people are saying, that's taking away our freedom of speech and we've got the right. No, you don't have the right to sit there and teach children to murder. Mm -hmm and to do things. There's always limits to those things. You do not have the right to put your pornography into our mm -hmm. kids. That's, that's demonic. This is pedophilia is what's happening. Yeah, It's really, it is. really bad. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I'm all for it. And did you know that we are doing things like, I forget the exact amount, but I think it's $15,000 a month that I put into our, our staff and students paying their children to go to Christian education is mm. what I put out. So we're putting our money where our mouth is and we are helping people put their children in Christian education. And yeah. I think that more people ought to do that. Yeah. Be good. Let's go to Stephanie. She's a Karis grad from South Carolina. Stephanie, you're on Truth and Liberty Live with Audrey and Andrew. Hi, Audrey and Andrew. It's a pleasure to be able to speak to you live. Yes, ma'am. Um, I've got a quick question for you. I, um, I, I minister a lot to homeless people um, through a missions ministry here in South Carolina. And one of the things that I come against a lot is and concerning healing. A lot of folks want to be healed. Um, but they don't really receive the message that God wants them well. And I find that I spend more time ministering to them, trying to counter bad teaching and counter um, a bad philosophy, I guess you would say. And mm. it, we end up spending more of our time talking about that than the actual healing. And so a lot of times I walk away from the prayer. I pray for them. But I walk away just really desiring, I wish I could have, you know, told them more or, or explained to them better. And I just, sometimes I walk away mm -hmm. a little frustrated that I didn't feel like I was really accomplishing anything, even though I did pray for them and I, and I did 
you know, teach them the things that I've been taught. And I've had some wonderful healing experiences within my own life. Uh, Andrew, I've been listening to you since the 90s. And Audrey, a couple of years ago, I had a, a bad virus that turned into something more. And I, bought, I fought that thing. And I turned on mm. one of your sermons at Karis, and I just laid it beside my bed and fell asleep while you were preaching. And I woke up with the Holy Spirit all over me. And I was healed that night. It was a wonderful experience. But getting back to my question, I just sometimes I walk away more frustrated than Mm. I should be, I'm sure. Well, it's a, it's a complicated issue, mm-hmm. healing, and there can be millions of things that affect how a person receives. But here's one of the things I do to cut through the chase is Galatians 5, 6 says, faith works by love. And if you can ever get a person to understand that God loves you, mm-hmm. well, then they can receive healing without understanding everything that is involved in it just by love. And one of the things I've done often is I remember this one guy who was struggling to believe that God wanted him well because he was old and he thought it was just time Mm -hmm. for him to die. And his wife was kneeling beside his bed. And I said, do you believe that your wife, if she had the ability to heal you, would let you suffer like this? Even if you're old, she would want you well. And when it's your turn to go, that she would want you to go well. And he said, oh, no, she would do anything for me. And I said, and you think God loves you less than your wife. And when he looked at it that way, all of a sudden, he just began to say, well, sure, God loves me. And he received his healing. So there's things you can do like that to just cut through the chase. But if you can get a person to understand that God loves you so much that he took your sickness into his body and died on the cross Mm, so that you wouldn't have to bear it, They may not understand the power of confession. They may not understand authority. They may not understand agreement. They may not understand forgiveness. But if they understand that God loves them, that'll quicken their faith. Yeah, that's good. That it? I think this is a... As good this as is one gets. of the few times that Audrey had nothing to say. We <laughs> need to write this down. Amen. All right, I don't thanks. know if I take that as a compliment or what. <laughs> thanks, Stephanie, for your call. Hope that helps. Let's go to uh, Stacia in Colorado, and you're on uh, Truth and Liberty with Andrew and Audrey Mack. Hi, Andrew. Hi, Audrey Mack. Hello. Hello. Um, my question, I just wanted to kind of hear Audrey's thoughts on this was, or in your thoughts too, Andrew, um, it's a little complicated, but I'll try to simplify it is there's already kind of like socialism, democracy established on the reservation I'm from and I'm Navajo. So how would you approach that in trying to, like, what are your thoughts on that and how to kind of push the social push socialism out from the reservations that's what reservation are you on Stacia um I'm from the Navajo reservation is that in southern Colorado or South Dakota um Arizona New Mexico Utah and Colorado I just had a building dedication last Saturday at the Wind River Indian Reservation in Wyoming and it was powerful But let me just say a couple of things. I'll turn it over to Audrey after this. But, you know, a reservation, you have your own system of government there and stuff. But really, it comes from 
the Word of God. America was founded because of the liberty that people found in Christ. And our founding fathers said that, that democracy is totally unfit for anybody but a moral and religious people. That mm -hmm. was John Adams who said that, the second president of the United States. So really, Stacia, one of the things you can do is as you preach Christ and as you see people set free in the Lord, then you can uh, take lots of things. Like the Founding Fathers used the nation of Israel as a model for our nation. That's how they came up with the three branches Branches. of government because they said in the mouth of two are three witnesses, let everything be established. Every principle in the founding of this nation came from Scripture. So as you get people to respond to the Lord and into the Word of God, you can have them establish a godly form mm -hmm. of government on that reservation. Yeah. I think on, when it comes to Indian reservation, there's been really a strategy to make Indian people, it's like we were talking about socialism, to make them really codependent upon the government with special things. And, and it's calling people, it's causing people to become somewhat independent from God. So for me, it would be really waking them up of their need of God, that there's no government that can meet all the need that they truly have. And just to really make them aware of their need of God. And you know, this reservation that I was just at this last week, I forget the exact figure, but I think it's like 60% unemployment. They are just dependent on the government doling things out to them. You got to get people to where they're motivated themselves mm -hmm. to produce. I think the statistic was that 95% of the women have been sexually abused. Yeah. And so this church that these uh, graduates of our Karis Bible College started, it's a $2.3 million building, but it's not just a church. They have uh, housing there for people who need it. They have things for children. They've got after school programs and they are beginning to draw mm -hmm. the Indian uh, population in and providing them with things that will motivate them and teach them the skills that they yeah. need. But I think also, if I may add, it's just because the Bible says without a vision, people perish. And that is one of the problem is because everything is given. They don't have an incentive. They don't have a vision. They don't have a reason to get up and go and do something. So to really instill to them that there is a plan for their life. They were created with a call, with a, uh, something inside of them and just to awaken that vision, you know, for them to really say, well, I'm on this earth for a reason. Let's find out what it is. Yeah, and you know, the pilgrims, when they first came over, they had a socialist form of government mm. and they all had everything common. They shared all of their uh, needs, all of their uh, things were pooled together. And during the first winter, over 50% of the uh, pilgrims died and they nearly starved to death. And the thing that turned it around was William Bradford decided to give everybody their own plot of land. Yeah. You could do your own thing and they begin to flourish. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the Plymouth colony would have gone into extinction if, the, extinction if they would have stayed in socialism. So yeah. you can go back and take things like that, Stasha, and you can begin to teach these people and show them the truth. And hopefully the Lord will open up their heart. They'll embrace Amen. it. And man, you, you can see any place change. It'll work on a reservation. It'll work anywhere in the world. This is not just for Americans. That's Amen. good. Yeah. So let's go to Lynn in Michigan. You're on Truth and Liberty Live call in with Andrew and Audrey Mack. Hello, Lynn. 
Hi, Audrey and Andrew. It is such an honor to be able to talk with you. Uh, My question has to do with speaking to symptoms. If I am dealing with something like ringing in my ears or pain in my legs, I command those things to go in Jesus' name, but I don't see any progress sometimes. So I'm not sure what Mm. I'm missing or... I don't know what's really going on. There's a lot of things going on. For instance, Mark chapter 11, verse 23, Jesus said, Whosoever will say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith will come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So it's not just a matter, Lynn, of speaking the truth and releasing faith momentarily, but then you have to believe that what you said comes to pass. And the very next verse says, Therefore, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall, future tense, have them. And I've had to do these same things to myself. I've been dealing with my eyes. You know, as I got older, my eyesight's not as good as it used to be. And man, I've been speaking to it, and I can still read the small print. I am amazed at that. In this Bible, but I guarantee you, it's not because it's been without effort. And I haven't seen results just instantaneously. But did you know, over the last year or so, my eyesight has improved a lot. And so I just speak it, and I don't doubt that what I've said come to pass. And if I don't see it immediately, I don't know all the reasons, but I'm not going to back up on what I've said and praise and God. That's a key right there. I, I'm doing good. Amen. <laughs> and Audrey was healed of cancer. I remember you mm-hmm. giving a testimony of that. Bone cancer. It didn't happen just automatically or instantaneously. But you know, there is a principle that you really that is powerful is that when we see that Mark 11, when it says in Mark 11, Jesus spoke in verse 20, he spoke to the fig tree. And you know, we, you look at it in, in Matthew 21, and it gives the impression that he spoke and bam, suddenly he dried away. But if you look at the same story in Mark 11, it shows that he spoke to the tree, they went to Jerusalem and 24 hours later, they came back and they saw the tree dried up from the roots, meaning that, and that's what happened with me with the bone cancer. When I spoke to my body, I declared, I commanded, you know, the cancer to go. It took nine and a half months, but through, you know, the can scan and bone scan, I could see that the tumor was shrinking. And so now I'm like, I don't have to have a a bone scan to know. I know that when I speak, I might not feel a difference. I might not see anything, but I have to believe that when I exercise authority and I speak to my body or to the problem, that a process started inside. And that's where you have to enter into the rest. Meaning I prayed, I believed, I received, it is done. And now, and I remember you, Andrew, you used to have a little thing on yeah. your ear and you'd come to the place where you kind of forgot about it. I and I know for the ringing of the ear, it's a little different because it's always there. But you come to a place where you know that you know that you know, you pray, you believe, you receive, a process started on the inside. I might not feel anything or see anything, but I know and to come to the place where you are in rest, thinking, I don't need to feel or see anything to believe. I believe, period. So, Lynn, we believe that you have spoken to those Mm -hmm. problems, and it's dead at the roots, and it's just a matter of time until you see the physical manifestation. So, don't let what you hear or don't see 
change what you believe. You believe that you receive when you pray and you shall see it come to pass. So we Keep your eyes on Jesus. He is the author and the fifth. Keep your eyes on Jesus, on the Word, and not on what you feel and, and hear. And this is really why it's so important to get into the Word and to pray and to do things. It's not because God sees your amount of prayer and Bible study and says, you, you're great, I'm going to grant you a healing. But the more you're in the Word, the more you're focused on this, the less those symptoms that look contrary will have an impact on you. Mm -hmm. But if you aren't in the Word and if you aren't keeping your mind stayed upon the Lord, all of this outside input, your physical mm -hmm. feelings will dominate you. But you can exactly. get so focused on the Lord that your heart just only listens to the Word and those physical symptoms really just don't matter. Well said. Awesome. Hallelujah. Thanks, Lynn, for your call. Let's go to Jermaine in California. You're on Truth and Liberty Live. Call in with Andrew and Audrey Mack. Thank you so much for taking my call. Yes, um, my question is, when a person who has not been a believer or has turned away from God and the Lord find themselves dying and things are getting dark and scary, if they call on the name of Jesus Christ at that time, can they be saved by Jesus? I would say yes, and a big yes, absolutely. That's the word. Anyone who calls on the name of, Je of Jesus shall be saved. Just look at the thief on the cross. Come on. I mean, he was an hour or two away from dying, and finally he just said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And God said, Jesus said unto him, says, Today you will be with me in paradise. He didn't have time to be baptized. He didn't have time to join the church. He didn't have time to memorize the scripture. All he did was, God, remember me. So, Jermaine, I believe a lot of people probably die, uh, or right before they die, they call out to God. And if there is faith there to believe that Jesus has forgiven them, I believe that they can be saved at the very last moment. Amen. But, you need to be careful in case somebody's listening to this and think, well, I'm going to just put it off till the last moment and enjoy myself so that I don't have to deny any of these things. You don't have any control over that, and you're just playing Russian roulette if you're waiting till the last moment uh, before you confess the Lord. You need to do it now. Now is the day of salvation. And I think they're robbing themselves of God's goodness. Oh, yeah. They're missing out on all the goodness. I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Man, I tell what you what. What does the world has to offer? If there was no heaven, I'm still having the greatest time right now. Heaven's going to be a blast, but it's not just all for the sweet by and by. It's also in the rough now and now. Come on. It's not just, uh, you know, uh, what was that saying about Anyway, I messed it up. I guess I shouldn't say that. So anyway, you can get born again at the last moment, but don't tempt God. No. Amen. Thanks, Jermaine. We still have a couple of lines open, 719-619-2341. We're down to our last eight minutes of the program, but if you would call in, we'd be glad to talk to you. So let's go to Stephanie uh, calling from Georgia. Is this the Stephanie that we've already talked to today, or is this a new one? It's a new one. Okay. Welcome, Stephanie. Glad to have you. Okay. Thank you for taking my call. So I had a question. Um, didn't quite know how to formulate it the best way, but I guess I'm just wondering how do you make sure that when you're studying that you are really focusing on knowing the Lord that you're 
and not just knowing more. Like I want my heart to stay mm. focused on relationship and not just being puffed up with knowledge. I definitely don't want to be there. You know, let me start this answer. I'll let uh, Audrey speak in here in a second. But I just made some television programs today with Carrie Pickett. And she was talking about her husband, that for 22 years he was born again, but he was taught an angry God that punished us and you had to do everything perfectly. And because of that, it was like reading the Bible through a, a glass or something. Like if you were to look at this Bible and if you had a glass that was all red, it would turn everything on this page red. Or if you had one that was blue, it would turn everything blue. And because of that wrong concept about God. When he read the Bible, all he saw was punishment and rejection, and it made him feel bad. And when he heard my teaching on spirit, soul, and body and found out that God had recreated him, he was a brand new person, he said all of a sudden the Bible just came alive. And now when he read it, all he saw was love and acceptance. So, Stephanie, I think a lot of this has to do with the basic foundation doctrines that you have in your life. And if you understand just some basic things about the goodness of God, when you read the Bible, it'll just come alive to you. Mm -hmm. And in my personal life, the greatest thing that ever opened the Word of God to me was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When we talk about that, we often talk about speaking in tongues, and I believe that that's an important part of it. I, I talk about that a lot. But the number one thing that happened to me is when I received the baptism, it's like this Bible just came alive. That's right. I couldn't open it without God nearly shouting at me. So, uh, Stephanie, do you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues? Are you still there, Stephanie? Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you yes. now. So do you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Yes, sir. Well, if you do, then you've got the one who wrote the Bible, the Holy Spirit, living on the inside of you. And all you've got to do is when you approach the Word is just say, Holy Spirit, you wrote this. And you wrote this so that it could transform my life. I'm just asking you to give me a heart to receive, eyes to... See, and if you will approach it that way, the Holy Spirit wants you to be touched through the Word of God more than you want it. And if you'll just put yourself in agreement, I guarantee you the Holy Spirit will give you revelation. Amen. You got something to add to that, Audrey? Ah, I could. I, I, I have a teaching on my YouTube channel. It's called a, a Heart That Can Hear God. And I talk about it's a, a teaching that really talks about the condition of your heart that is able to really connect with God and hear His voice and walk with Him. But I would say in the short time that we have, a key is to stay true, to stay sincere, to stay honest. Don't try to put on a show to impress God. Just be you. Uh, just be sincere, authentic with God. He knows everything anyway. <laughs> and so just be real. You know, I believe in, you know, in Exodus 12 when God was telling the children of Israel to remove the leaven from the house. It was a type of picture of Luke 12, 1, where Jesus says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy, and also the doctrine of the Pharisee, which was legalism. So that's what we really have to protect our heart against, is trying to be somebody we're not to impress. Just be you. 
if you have question about what you read, talk to God, ask Him, listen to Him. And, and so that series, uh, A Heart That Can Hear God, talks about the different things in your heart that would hinder you from really connecting with God. And they can get that series by going on right? YouTube, yep. YouTube. And yep. how do they do that? Just type in Audrey Mack and. Um, yeah, go to YouTube, Audrey Mack Gotel or Audrey Mack, and you get right there. Okay. Yeah, and a heart that can hear. And you know, there's sometimes I found myself in the beginning reading, uh, I had a Bible reading program, and if I missed a day or something, I had like 10 chapters to read, and I was reading, but I was reading basically to soothe my own conscience, not really to receive. I had to, a number of chapters. Mm -hmm. And I remember one time I started reading, and it was like the second verse into it. And I saw something I'd never seen before, and I kind of put the Bible down, and I was thinking about it and praying about it, and then I thought, man, I've still got 10 chapters to go. And I just pushed that thought aside and went back to reading, and the Lord spoke to me, and He said, what are you doing? <laughs> and I said, well, I'm reading the Bible. He says, why? I said, so you could speak to me. And then I didn't hear anything else. And as I thought about it, here I was asking God to speak to me. And when he started speaking to me, I said, God, I've got nine more chapters to read. Leave me alone. <laughs> that will hinder you receiving. Yeah. So if, like Audrey's saying, if you just have a sincere heart, Stephanie, God wants to speak to you through the Word more than you want Him to. He's just looking for an opportunity. And if you'll just make sure you focus on the Lord, if you read some scriptures and if your mind is somewhere else and you can't even remember what you read, well, then go back and read them over again. And you just keep focusing that on it until you do get your attention focused on it. And I guarantee you, when you get your heart in the right position, God will speak to you through the Word of God. And Audrey, I suspect it's the same thing with you, but you know, I've seen people raised from the dead. I've seen blind eyes. Oh, I've seen awesome things happen. But the greatest experience in my whole life is having the Lord speak to me through mm. the Word. It's like fire shut mm -hmm. up in your bones. It's just awesome. It's amazing. And I know for me it was, you know, sometime in ministry we can get having so much to do. But I know for me with the COVID, the first time was just awesome because I was at home mm -hmm. and I was devouring my Bible. And it was like stuff was coming out of the pages. But that's, you know, that's when I tell people when they read the Bible, just like you, you said, Andrew, it's not so much how much you read, but how much are you getting from what that's you right. read? And I tell people just sometimes when a word catches your attention, it's the Holy Spirit putting a light that says, stop, start digging. You know, and that's why today, I mean, your your commentary, you know, your Bible mm -hmm. commentary, it's an awesome tool. Dictionaries, concordance, you have so much today to, to be able to start digging in the Word to see what the Holy Spirit is trying to, 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 to show you. Amen. That's awesome. So I hope that helps, Stephanie. I know that God wants to speak to you through His Word. We're out of time. Audrey, thank you for coming and being thank with us. Thank you for having you're me. You're a blessing. What a Fun time. I don't was. care what anybody says. I think you're awesome. Thank you. Well, coming from you, I don't care what anybody, you know, anybody says. I, but coming from you, I, it blesses me. And remember that she's going to be speaking at our Women Arise conference. It starts tomorrow and it goes through Saturday. Mm -hmm. You can watch it on live stream, but also if you can, you can come here and be here 
LIVE. REMEMBER ALSO THAT WE DO THIS TRUTH AND LIBERTY LIVE CALL-IN PROGRAM EVERY WEEKDAY FROM 3.30 UNTIL 5 O'CLOCK MOUNTAIN TIME, AND WE HAVE GUESTS ON LIKE THIS, AND WE TALK ABOUT ALL KINDS OF THINGS, AND WE TAKE YOUR CALLS. SO WE WOULD LOVE TO HAVE YOU JOIN US. AND I'LL BE ON AGAIN TOMORROW, I BELIEVE IT IS, uh, HOSTING SOMEONE. SO JOIN US TOMORROW FOR ANOTHER TRUTH AND LIBERTY LIVE CALL-IN PROGRAM. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.